The following production is part of the We Be Geeks podcast collective. Another world, another time, in the age of wonder. There was once a dream, you could only whisper it. Anything more than a whisper, and it would vanish. A battle between good and evil! You don't know the power of the dark side. Where shall I find a new adversary so close to my own level? Try the local sewer. You know of the rebellion against the Empire? The Avengers, Earth's mightiest heroes. Peace means having a bigger stick than the other guy. One of these days, I'm gonna have a stick of my own. I'm Groot. Welcome to the Neverland Podcast. The podcast for lovers of Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars. I'm glad you're here to tell us these things. Please welcome your host, Jeremy. I thought he'd be taller. Yeah, I can fly. All it takes is faith and trust. Well, if it isn't the Star Spangled Man with a plan, what is your plan today? Up to Neverland! <laughs> Take your pixie out of your pockets, Neverlanders. Sprinkle some of that pixie dust around. Think that happiest thought, and let's fly away to Neverland one more time. Well, you know, I always say one more time there, but, you know, we're going to do it again. <laughs> it just may not always be on a week-to-week basis. But, hey, look, we're... Is this three weeks in a row? I actually feel like I'm getting back on schedule, but uh, life is still pretty crazy. Who am I, though, by the way? I am your host. I'm Jeremy. Hello. But I am also your head lost boy, which... Uh, gives me a Lost Boy nickname of The Spider Pan. And if, of course, you would like to have a nickname of your own, you can visit our website, NeverlandPodcast.com. Click on that Neverlanders link and choose yourself a nickname because every Lost Boy has a nickname. We don't have any Lost Girls, though. We have Pixies because girls are too clever. They don't get lost. We got some fun planned for today because this is a holiday week with St. Patrick's Day following right here on, I guess, would that is that going to be on Tuesday? Yeah, it's on Tuesday, St. Patrick's Day, March 17th here. And, uh, you know, I thought I'd have a little bit of fun, and we're going we're gonna to dive into Darby O'Gill and the Little People and uh, a little bit of some of the folklore of some of the creatures you'll find and some things I found online about the film. Uh, so we're going to have a little bit of fun with that. I don't know that this is going to be a particularly long show. i got to tell you, though, uh, my life has been getting interesting because, uh, well... Even though I work at a radio station, we got an email from corporate that says anyone that we can manage to work from home is going to work from home. So I guess I probably will not be on the air, but I'm able to do some news writing from home and do things on our website for the radio station and also doing things on social media. So I'll be working from home for probably the rest of the month, although where I live at here, uh, just outside of Kansas City, we really haven't had a lot of cases of anyone really... You know, being testing positive for the coronavirus, but there are concerns, and a lot of the city has been shut down. In fact, uh, the shutdown really kind of happened, you know, when it was declared like a a national state of emergency, and then Kansas City was declared a state of emergency, and so Disney parks are closed. And that is, I guess, kind of the big news of the day: is everything is just shutting down. Uh, We've gone into a panic mode, and I, you still have to ask the question: Okay, well, the flu um, is kind of a you know, pandemic of sorts, uh, and has been more widespread, has killed more people. But I guess we feel better because we have a vaccine for the flu, and the coronavirus is a new thing, and we you know, don't have a vaccine at this point. And so you know, the only way really seems to be to stop it from spreading all over the place is good 
hygiene. You know, wash your hands. <laughs> don't come into contact. Don't do any traveling, you know. And if you do, be careful about it. So, and the panic level, though, people are, you know, well, I don't want to get into this, but I don't know. I still, doesn't, has anybody figured out the toilet paper thing? Why anyone's panicking over toilet paper? And it's getting so bad. I mean, al this is also allergy season, and I've got a tickle in my throat from, you know, getting into spring and, you know, the weather change going on. Uh, I was even, you know, talking to somebody today that said that they had a friend working in a convenience store that has COPD, you know, so you already have some lung problems, which basically means that, you know, you would you would have some serious problems if you had to contracted the coronavirus. But they coughed into their arm, and somebody in front of them freaked out and backed off. Ah, you got the virus! Ah! Um... You realize you're you're, you're going to have some some mild flu symptoms, is what they're saying. Now it can be very bad for if you have um, a lung condition, uh, or you're elderly, or maybe just super young. Most of us could contract this and get over it, but we are panicking. So you know what? Let's visit Neverland and stop panicking, and let's just have some fun. How about that? We're going to take our minds off of any kind of crazy wild stuff, and let's just. Have a good time. You know, in fact, my wife and I had a really good time at uh, this thing. And you can look this up online and go to the website, Rhythm of the Dance. I managed to get some discounted tickets to go and see this show. And it was basically like an Irish step dance with uh, sort of some traditional Irish style music, uh, some old songs. There was a little bit of singing, lots of dancing, and uh, uh, the music being played right there on stage with like an, I don't know what you would call like this Irish drum, and then like a fife, like three different fife pipes the guy was playing. A uh, woman playing, well, basically, this would be a fiddle. I think a lot of our um, our traditional country music probably comes from uh, that Celtic style of fiddle playing. Because when you kind of listen to it, you can hear some of the early roots of what, you know, country music here in the United States, where it came from. It has to have come from that Celtic style. You can hear those similarities. But, you know, they had, you know, guitar, and, and it was playing all this great music and great dancing. And, and the dancing even kind of was almost storytelling at different, you know, bits. And uh, it was just... It was wonderful. We just had a great time, and it was something kind of different for us to go uh, and do. And we've even got for our anniversary, we're going to go and uh, eat dinner on a train, uh, like a three-hour tour on a train, an old 1940s style. So lots of fun, exciting things I'm getting to do, um, provided, of course, nothing goes wrong. Now, the 27th, I'm actually supposed to travel a little bit just down to Jefferson City, Missouri. I'm supposed to drive down and meet some people from uh, Learfield or Missouri Net that's an affiliate of the radio station or the you know that I work at. And I'm supposed to go and tour the facility and tour the Capitol. Uh, the Capitol is not fully shut down around here in Missouri, so I'm wondering if anything's going to happen to my trip, but nobody has said anything to me that uh, I'm not going to be allowed to come down. So um, that's hopefully still on, and I will try to get you some audio uh, that might be fun for the show. They have decided that they thought it would be fun to take me on a haunted tour of a prison down in that area. Provided, of course, nothing happens to prevent us from doing that. I'm going to try to get some audio uh, from some of the people I meet there and what we think of it. I don't know if I can record audio during the tour, but I'll be able to talk about it. So it'll be fun. But anyways, I want to do something that we've started doing here over the last few weeks and have a little bit of wacky fun with some mistranslations. And, you know, eventually I should make some sounders. I, uh, I've i been trying to make new sounders. I just haven't had time to because I'm still having a, a not-so-fun time with some of our, our sewer pipe problems around here. Things are a little crazy around here in the homestead, so I haven't quite gotten things transitioned over like I would have liked. Um, but let's just dive in and have some fun with some mistranslated lyrics. Now, here's this is actually one that uh, I was wanting to do 
oh, a few weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> now, this is a song that was written in English and then has already turned into another language when you hear it in a particular film that is wasn't always Disney-owned. We'll just say that. And uh, I, want, I want to read you the real lyrics later, but I've taken the um, translated into another language lyrics and I turned that into English. And then from English, I translated into multiple language coming back to English to get sort of a similar result. Now, some of the words from the uh, the language it was turned into, because it wasn't a real language, uh, it was not it's not spoken here on Earth. <laughs> we'll just say that. So it came up with something funny. But let me go ahead and read you how these lyrics came out. From Quebec, Zanuck Fezzi. At his jaw, LLC sang Jup Cool I'm. We did it! Watak Peg Quay. Two G Piffs. Oh, insane bass game. Jer tastes good. Who will? Walk milk not working. Gauze hair quality details. Milk orchid. Orchid Japanese. No milk unless you decide. Milk, run, run together. We did it! From Quebec, Zenic Fizzy. My toaster and jam. Who will? Walk milk not working. Watogu Pegkidu Zepif Azact. Gauze hair quality details. Milk running, running together. Good coffee. No milk unless you decide. Milk orchid, orchid Japanese. We did it! I owe you my toaster and jam. Who will? Walk milk not working. Gauze jarus deg det 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 det. Milk running, running together. Good coffee. No milk unless you decide. Milk orchid, orchid Japanese. I owe you. We did it. Milk running, running together. Good coffee. No milk unless you decide. Milk, orchid, orchid Japanese. We did it. Milk running, running together. Good coffee. No milk unless you decide. Milk running, running together. Silly stocks. We did it. <laughs> that, of course, is completely nonsensical lyrics. Let me read you the actual English lyrics that were written for this. Feel my body growing. My bones have started glowing. Ooh, wow. The time has come for showing that I'll shape you up and work you out. My body feels exciting. My soul is synthesizing. My whole frame is jumping. I'm working out and having fun. Work it out. You've got to move your soul. Work it out. You've got to feel the heat. Work it out. You've got to move your soul. Wow. Feel my body growing. My body feels exciting. My soul is synthesizing. My whole frame is jumping. The time has come for showing. I'll shape you up and work you out. It's got a rhythm to it. Work it out, you've got to move your soul. Work it out, you've got to feel the heat. Work it out, you've got to move your soul. Wow. Work you out, my body feels exciting. My soul is synthesizing. My whole frame is jumping. I'll shape you up and work you out. And it's just going to keep repeating that <laughs> over and over and over. But that was uh, Fancy Man, as was written by Joseph Williams. And then they translated it into Hutties, uh, basically, and it became a lofty neck, the original song from Return of the Jedi. And like I said, I took the Hutties lyrics and I moved that into English and through several languages, and that's how we got uh, what I just read for you before I read it in English. Now, okay, so this one is... I don't know how familiar with the lyrics of this, this next song you'd be, but from Dario Gill and the Little People, we are very enjoying the uh, song Sean Connery sings. And it pops up several times of uh, The Pretty Irish Girl. It's a nice little tune in Darby O'Gill and the Little People, which, by the way, if you have not watched the film, it is on Disney+. Plus, and what a great time to watch it. But I took that song, of course, ran it through several other languages and brought it back to English. And you might not know what the real ly lyrics are at all. And you might not be that familiar with the song. But let me read for you. What I managed to get after going through, I don't even know how many languages. Have you ever had one? Saw the sea fly up. Or purple candles. 
Galway Bay, they are fishermen. A country full of beauty, and they are all together in shape and face, and easy grace, from a beautiful Irish girl. Oh, he loves me, my way. His eyes were so bright, full of fun. Nothing, nothing more, able to match your preferences. This is my love, my way, my laugh and allure. I like the floor they walk on. Ira, my friend. When the dew is in the ark, and with every drop of pearl, when the goose yells and the sound of the song is sung in German, standing at the door, she's a pretty Irish girl. Oh, he loves me, lover. His eyes were so bright, full of fun. Nothing, nothing more, able to match her preferences. This is my love, lover, my laugh and allure. I love the floor, works, my, pr- my beautiful Irish. And it just stops right there. <laughs> that almost has a sense to it, but not really. <laughs> All right, y'all. One more time. It don't matter what you look like. It don't nobody gonna sing with me. Okay. The Neverland Trailer Park. Okay, so we got a couple of trailers that dropped this week. Uh, and let me just go ahead and share the first one. So what are you doing out here? There is a legend in the jungles of the Amazon of a tree that heals all. It could change the world, but if it gets into the wrong hands, it could awaken a great evil. I believe that the legend is real. Which it's not. And I'm going to find it. Which you want. And when I do, just imagine the lives that could be saved. I've been looking for this tree longer than anybody. I've tracked the legend to every village, every island. Nothing. You're searching for something that can't be found. But you've never had the key. Let's do something that's safe. Let's go see some elephants. There are no elephants in the Amazon, and I don't even like elephants. Lady, everybody likes elephants. Know this about the jungle. Everything that you see wants to kill you, and can. Careful. They could smell fear. I am not afraid. Oh my gosh. Who brings a submarine to the Amazon? Foyer! The Jungle Cruise. We finally get a little bit more of the story. They hinted at it in the previous, I guess it was just a teaser, because this is supposed to be the first real trailer we get for The Jungle Cruise. And uh, this kind of, this seemed a little bit more serious, but it it has a funny moment at the end of the trailer. Uh, My impression that I'm getting from this is it has a real Pirates of the Caribbean vibe. Uh, as far as style. Um, so uh, I'm expecting this should be fun, but, you know, I it's hit or miss whether it's going to be uh, a fully enjoyable experience other than just being some just fun, you know. But, you know, I'm, I'm good with fun. I can, I can deal with fun. 
Now, as we know, of course, this film stars Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Emily Blunt and is expected to come out July 24th. Now, the director, which I don't know if I can say his name, he was uh, born in Barcelona, Catalonia, Spain, uh, Jomé Colette Serra, I don't know, I'm not sure if I'm saying his name right, but uh, he's known, his films that he's known for, according to IMDb, are The Shallows, Unknown with Liam Neeson, a film called Orphan that I remember seeing asked for, and the old remake of House of Wax. Uh, Nothing really too major. Uh, So, you know, we'll see what he's done with directing. He can do pretty well action. I did see Liam Neeson with Unknown. That was was a pretty interesting movie, but it wasn't um, anything special. So, as far as I can tell, this is his first real blockbuster type of film, and uh, we'll see what he does at the helm of The Jungle Cruise, which, you know, you just got to be able to put together a good story with this. This isn't going to be an incredibly deep (laughs) film. Um, All right, so the other thing that uh, popped this week is the final trailer for a movie coming out May 1st, Black Widow. I tell people my sister moved out west. You're a science teacher. Your husband, he renovates houses. You're thinking about moving, but you're going to wait until the interest rates go down. That's not my story. I was an Avenger. I made mistakes. And a lot of enemies. He's called Science Taskmaster. He controls the Red Room. They're manipulated, fully conscious, but no choices. I should have come back for you. How many others are there? We have to go back to where it all started. So they never do that to anyone again. We're a family. We fight with you. You won't win. I've always found it best. Not to look into the past. Okay, you got a plan, or shall I just stay duck and cover? My plan was to drive us away. Well, your plan sucks. At some point, we all have to choose between what the world wants you to be and who you are. I made my choice. I'm done running. Here's what's going to happen. Natasha, don't slouch. I'm not slouching. You're going to get a big hunch. Listen to your mother. Oh, my God. This... Up, up. All right, enough. All of you. I didn't say anything. That's not fair. Now, what I really enjoyed and got the most out of from this is we finally got a good look at Taskmaster and seeing him in action. I think he may have popped up in some of the previous trailers, but this is the first time I really felt like I got a good look at him. Uh, he looks really cool. I'm, I'm not sure who they have playing Taskmaster. I think I need to look that up right quick. Uh, but, oh my gosh, the uh, they've really done a good job of bringing him. Uh, you know, we see him 
we see him studying footage uh, in uh, in one clip and everything. He's watching uh, the Black Widow doing her thing. Uh, so I mean, that's, that's pretty much what he does. He studies and then he can mimic a lot of what you do. And uh, very, very, very cool what we're seeing him do. But, you know, we're seeing Red Guardian popping up, played by David Harbour as uh, as Natasha's father. Uh, let's see. I'm, I'm looking, trying to look and see a full cast real quick of who is playing Taskmaster. Now, I don't know that I know Taskmaster's actual first name, <laughs> to tell you the truth. Uh, I'm mainly familiar... I mean, I've seen him pop up in comics, but I'm mainly... I think I got more out of his appearance in the Spider-Man PlayStation 4 game, uh, which was really, really cool. Uh, and there's a lot of people on IMDb. They have a lot of people in the cast, and they have not listed who they're playing. So I don't know who they have playing Taskmaster, and we don't really get a look at his face, just his mask. But uh, some of the things we see him doing fighting Red Guardian are, are just... He's going to be a heck of a great threat. And this, I like that they are resolving the uh, the storyline where Black Widow and even... Uh, I mean, because this even came up in, oh, um, the um, Peggy, um, Peggy Carter series, where they were taking young girls and sterilizing them and creating assassins where, you know, Black Widow has come from. They're going to dive into this. And this, I guess, is a prequel because I guess they are going to stick with the idea that Black Widow... Oh, I'm sorry, spoiler alert, uh, has sacrificed herself in uh, Avengers Endgame. I guess they're keeping with that. I'm still not that happy about that, but you know that's that's film industry. So, but this I'm pretty excited for this. This looks very very good. And uh, looking ahead, this should come out. Well, usually it's uh, well it's like the first Saturday is Free Comic Book Day in May. I'm used to it coming a little bit later, but I'm I'm figuring May second will probably be Free Comic Book Day because Marvel has been smart about putting a movie in right for the weekend. Uh, for free comic book day. So that will be coming up very soon. Uh, but speaking of other things that I like to do here locally, Planet Comic Con, which I am uh, i don't have a panel set up for it, uh, but I usually attend. Uh, it, it has been postponed and it might happen late summer, early fall. They haven't given a date, but if anyone in Kansas City or anybody from outside travels to Planet Comic Con, unfortunately, it has been postponed due to the... Uh, shutdown of the Kansas City area where they don't want a gathering of more than like 250 people. Uh, so anyways, but that was our visit to the trailer park, and now I actually have a movie review for you. Time out! The Great Space Coaster will return after these messages! Hello, amigo. I'm Chiquita Banana, and I've come to say Bananas have to ripen in a certain way And when they're flecked with brown and have a golden hue Bananas taste the best and are the best for you You can put them in a salad You can put them in a pie Any way you want to eat them It's impossible to beat them But bananas like the climate of the very, very tropical equator So you should never put bananas in the refrigerator. To have bananas that are fully ripe, you must be absolutely sure. To take them home and let them ripen, in no temperature. Oh, sure, sure, sure. C-3PO. Loki. Mace Windu. Dr. Bruce Banner. Captain Rex. Venom. Princess Leia. Jean Grey. 
Darth Maul. Nick Fury. Grand Moff Tarkin. Captain America. Lando Calrissian. Cyclops. What do all these characters have in common? Well, two of them were played by Samuel L. Jackson. A couple of them were played by Hammer Films veterans Peter Cushing and Christopher Lee. Come on, guys. You know this. Well, of course we do, Jessica. Just like Mickey Mouse and Captain Jack Sparrow, they're all now Disney characters. Hello, I'm Tracy of the Disney Indiana Podcast, and my co-host Scott and I enjoy talking about all aspects of the House of Mouse, and that includes their newest properties, Marvel and LucasArts. We also talk about Disney resorts, the cruise line, theme parks, and whatever else Mickey has to offer. Which includes movies, Imagineering, video games, and collectibles. You'll never know what we'll decide to talk about. So check us out at www.disneyindiana.com or do a search for the Disney Indiana Podcast on iTunes. Because now we've got a lot more to talk about. And don't forget about those other quote-unquote Disney characters like, well, Sully. Fozzie Bear. Buzz Lightyear. Link Hogthrob. Doug. Janice. Merida. Pepe. Bruce. Ralph the Dog. Wally. Dr. The Disney Bunsen Indiana Honeydew. Podcast. Even after five years, we're still miles away from the nearest Main Street, USA. We're not listed on the map, but you can join us at www.disneyindiana.com. Experience again the incredible adventures of Darby O'Gill and the lost kingdom of the little people. Once you're here, there's no going back. Here's entertainment to delight the entire family with Sean Connery and King Brian, the fun-lovingest leprechaun ever to rule the land of enchantment. Don't miss Walt Disney's Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Rated G. It's a touch of magic from Walt Disney in theaters every... I'm in! Now back to the program! So there wasn't anything new in the theaters this week, but on Disney+, Plus, a new film dropped that... Uh, uh, we discussed the trailer for it a few weeks ago, Stargirl, uh, based on a, a, a novel from uh, around 2000 was, was the publication date when I had looked it up. Um, and uh, I, you know, I did think the trailer looked very, very interesting. I uh, thought it looked like a fun type of film and just, just had a happy tone to it. Uh, and it does through at least half of the film. It does. It is a coming of age and there's some interesting uh, good lessons uh, I think we can get from it. Um, and I did find it enjoyable up until the ending because I'm somebody who questions things and I, I am, a, I'm a critical thinker because I, you know, that's part of the, what I do here with a, a movie review is you, uh, you, if you have something blatantly jump out, you, it does stop you in your tracks sometimes. Uh, but mainly, mainly this film is a bit of a juxtaposition now, from film appreciation. We discussed where a film will borrow the, uh, well, the Jesus Christ story a bit. They will borrow from that, and you'll have a character arc that follows in that. And that would be somebody who suddenly throws off the status quo, brings a lot of positivity, has a moment of death and resurrection, and then disappears. That's I, I don't want to get in too far, but because I don't want to spoil the movie for you, because uh, I do think you should probably sit down and watch it and sit sit down with your your teens and your preteens. Um, I mean, it's definitely appropriate for them, and I think there are some things you can discuss with them, uh, being a parent, if you are. Um, I think there's definitely some things to talk about with this film of just being yourself. Even if you're being yourself, you might be a little have a few odd quirks. And, and some of the things we see, you know, uh, Stargirl do are some pretty positive things. She's just trying to be nice uh, to people, and she doesn't necessarily want to be seen being nice. She wants to keep it in secret, like, you know, she... 
at one point you see she's walking along and she's just randomly dropping coins in people's parking meters. You know, she's just trying to help out. But uh, and it does come back that she doesn't get personally involved necessarily with people that she's trying to help out because there is a moment you find out later that when she was trying to do something helpful, it actually kind of backfired. Uh, and so that that does make for some interesting stuff. But there's a definitely a theme of just kind of being yourself and you don't have to try to blend in. You just be who you are. Now, I, I find an opposite tone also that I like to kind of point out that sometimes we try to be individuals so much that we're not being ourselves. I see this happen a lot where people are, they put effort into, I'm trying to be different as I'm an individual. And actually, you're by trying to be different, you're conforming actually to a completely different thing. Uh, you know, uh, it's another thing I have. If you have to wear a shirt or a hat that says, I'm a nerd or nerd or labeling yourself, then you probably aren't. You're probably more of just a fan of different things that may or be considered quote unquote nerd culture. You know, uh, we to just be yourself, you don't have to wear something that labels you that. You just wear what you like and enjoy. You know, you don't have to impress anybody with your clothes. Just be who you are and uh, just be the best you that you are. You know, God made you special and he loves you very much, as they used to say on Veggie Tales. You are a unique and special person. Just be who you are. And I think that's one of the things that this movie tries to communicate. Although they, you know, they, they have to go a little bit over the top to communicate the message. But it's it's a good message. But there, the ending, there, I have a problem with the ending. And I, I just don't really want to spoil it. But I will, I will say that, okay... Something they do with the end of the film does not make sense in a world of cell phones when you clearly show that people do have each other's cell phone numbers. Okay? Um, let's just say that people do not lose track of each other. Okay? Uh, and that is something when you get to the end of the film, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Uh, and it, it did sort of ruin it for the movie. The ending was like, oh. Uh, and also, this, this movie, I think, has some similarities to La La Land, where... It's an enjoyable watch, but you might not care for the ending. It doesn't quite end the way you would expect, but it's not, you know, sometimes when you have a happy, feel-good style movie, it's nice to have a good ending to match it and not an ending that's like, oh, well, that's not kind of what I would like to have had happen. Um, but, you know, it's definitely worth, I think, a watch and a sit down with your kids to discuss some of the themes of Stargirl. Go check it out on Disney+. Plus. Personal, but we don't want to stick around. We might end up in ruins. So, 
get going yet. Bring it around. Up ahead, we're going to roll out to the elephant pool, or as I like to call it, a practical plethora of playful pachyderms perfectly posed for picture-taking perfection. But anyway, you have fun with that. I'll give you a moment to get acquainted with the herd here. If you want to get your devices out, take pictures, go wild, don't be shy. The elephants clearly have their trunks on. Up in the waterfall, that's Bertha, bathing beauty. She's been in the shower so long, by golly, she's covered in wrinkles from head to toe. A lot of this because she does an iron. Not that we hold that against an elephant, of course. But anyway, uh, speaking of which, up ahead, we'll be making our way to the Jungle Cruise Observation Camp. Our checkpoint serves as a staging area for our new land-based expedition. If you don't know. Oh dear, just a moment please. Looks like suspicious activity at the camp. Oh my golly. As much as I'd hate to say it, we got a piece of monkey business. Yeah, it's getting pretty bad out here. These guys are calling the shots. Frankly, looking a little too much like a warfare for my case. We better get moving, it's starting to get intense. Because of it anyway. That, that was, I'm sorry. Let's get going. Uh, we'll come up ahead to the uh, Schweitzer Falls here. Historic Schweitzer Falls, named after the famous explorer, historic figure, Dr. Albert Falls. Good man. As for the waterfall itself, I'm sure we can go over it later. But for now, let us continue on <laughs> as we uh, head forth. Time to make a new friend, ladies and gentlemen. On your left, the African bull elephant. An amazing sight, one of the rarest animals in the region. So take a good look at them while you can, take it all in. This is a very short chance, a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Frankly, we may never see another elephant like that again. Now, uh, oh, <laughs> right, um, yes, that, Thank you! That is another elephant. Uh, technically is another elephant like that again as well, so... You know all that stuff I said, right? Never mind. It's alright. We'll uh, come around to the African belt now. The clearing ahead of us serves as a mutual watering hole for predator and prey alike. So we get a large variety of gathered animals. There's gazelles, giraffes, gnu, gazebra. Uh, there's lions, apparently protecting a sleeping zebra, that's wild. No kidding, right? He looks dead tired. The humidity must have gotten to him. They dragged him into the shade to cool off. Now, uh, oh, good grief. All right, guys, I, I see a lot of things out here. You know, I mean, that's understandable, but that's, I, I don't, I'm sorry. That's a bunch of guys missing the point. Really, now, it's one thing to keep on top of the situation, but if they slip up there, uh, blowing bubbles underwater, then that means they're mad underwater. Uh, they're never really happy to see us, and they certainly have us surrounded. So folks, I'm going to keep them back with a few warning shots. You might want to cover your ears up. Element to surprise. See that? The old click draw never fails. Scared them stiff. Rest assured, as the captain of the vessel, I'm also a certifiable crackpot. Shot. Never mind. Moving on. Uh, we'll be coming about to headhunter territory. Lovely little place to be headed. Uh, I need a better way to phrase that. Uh, coming up, that's um, some sort of ceremony, I reckon. Let's see if I can translate. 
This is your Neverland story time. You can listen along with your MP3 device. You will know it is time to listen when you hear the chime like this. Let's begin now. This is the story of Zummy's magic spell. You can read along with me in your book. You will notice time to turn the page when you hear the chimes ring like this. Let's begin now. Zummy Gummy, the amateur magician of the gummy bears, stood proudly in front of a candelabra. Now watch, Kevin. I'm about to do my new lamp lighting spell. The young boy was puzzled. 
But I've seen you do magic before. Yes, but from pieces of paper. This is a spell I learned by heart. Stand back. It may be dangerous. The purple bear squinted his eyes, spun around once, waved his arms, and wiggled his fingers. Plumite, flumame, numau! One little candle on the end burst into a tiny flame. Zummy panted, exhausted. Pretty good, huh? <laughs> That's great, Zummy. Let's go show the others. Kevin grabbed him by the sleeve and dragged him toward the kitchen. But the other gummies had no time for magic tricks. Grammy was banging the water faucet with a saucepan. It's a disaster! Our water just shut off and we need that special pumpkin kind for making more gummy berry juice. Gruffy, see if you can fix this. Gruffy looked at the dry tap. Hmm, this never happened before. Probably just a clogged pipe. I'll get some tools. Zummy stumped him. Since the water is pumped in, a problem could be at the source. Maybe some of us should go see. Gruffy shook his head. I say we all stay and dig. He got a cold look from Grammy. You can stay and dig up the countryside if you want, old fool, but I'm going with Zummy. Back in the Gummy Glen Library, Zummy showed the others a map. Here's where our war comes from. It's called a stumping patient. Uh, I mean a pumping station. <laughs> it's by this river. Little Cubby waved his wooden sword in the air. Oh boy, an adventure! To the quick tunnels! Kevin wasn't too happy as he, Zummy, Cubby, and Grammy crawled into one of the many underground quick tunnel cars. This roller coaster subway scared him silly. The car rolled gently forward, then dropped with the speed of a rocket. Kevin screamed as they shot through the darkness at breakneck speed, banking around curves and doing loop-the-loops. As Kevin climbed wobbly from the car, he heard a loud rumbling. What's that noise, Zummy? Oh, the map shows a little waterfall at the pumping station. But as they stepped into the daylight, they found themselves on one side of a river that thundered down for hundreds of feet. Grammy gasped. <gasps> a little waterfall? Zummy was shaken. The map shows the pumping station on the other side. Cubby pointed to a narrow span of slippery rope. Look, there's a bridge. We can cross the falls there. Oh my goodness, this is terrible, terrible. Zummy moaned as he looked from the skinny bridge down to the crashing water below. <laughs> Cubby whispered to Kevin. Zummy's scared of heights. Zummy stepped out onto the wobbly bridge. Grammy shouted. Don't look down! Just look at the trees on the other side! He struggled halfway and then froze. I... I... I, I can't move! Kevin crawled over Zummy and bent down. Here, climb on my back, Zummy. I'll carry you across. The frightened bear almost choked Kevin doing so, but soon all were safe on the other side. Cubby pointed to a clearing. Look, ogres! We must be in Duke Ichthorn's territory. Grammy shushed him and peeked through the bushes at the ugly warriors. Let's sneak around them and be on our way. 
Soon, Cavan and the gummies were scampering down a flight of old stone steps. Zummy had his nose in the map. I'm sure this is the right way to the bottom of the fall. Zummy caught himself and teetered at the edge of a long drop. Cavan looked down. Wow, these stairs have broken away. I guess we'll have to climb down by rope. At the base of the waterfall, Cubby found a large, ancient door with a carved bear over it. This must be the pumping station, right, Zummy? Good work, Cubby. Now let me try my gummy medallion. Zummy inserted it into the ancient lock. The massive doors swung open, and the bear stepped cautiously into the dark. Grammy took a torch from the wall. Zummy rushed up eagerly and grabbed it. Let me light it with my magic. Lumite, numame, flumow. Uh, uh, flumite, lumame, numow. Nothing happened. I guess I got the words wrong. Grammy snatched the torch away impatiently. Very impressive, Zummy. Very impressive. Then she lit it by hand. Zummy sighed. Inside, they found a gigantic room filled with huge wooden gears and thick metal pipes leading off in all directions. Grammy stared about in wonderment. Gummy Bears built all this. Zummy nodded, amazed. Yes, and it's been running all these years without anyone tending it. Until now. Cubby gazed at the silent machinery. Kevin glanced around. Zummy, could that be the problem? He pointed to a log jammed into the enormous water wheel. Yes, that's it. But how can we fix it? The adventurous boy pushed up his sleeves. Give me some gummy berry juice, and I'll climb up there and unjam it. Soon he was maneuvering up the steep machinery. At the top of the water wheel, Cavan drank his little bottle of gummy berry juice. With a jolt, he became as strong as 50 men. Cavan took hold of the thick log, heaved, then his feet slipped. He fell, but then grabbed the wet rock and hung on. Slowly, he pulled himself back up and yanked at the log once more. This time, the log moved just as Cavan's strength wore off. A stubborn log slipped back into place. Everyone frowned, but then, under the pressure of the waterfall, the wheel slowly inched around and unjammed the log. Giant gears turned and water began to pump. Back in Gummy Glen, Gruffy peered into a pipe. Suddenly, a gush of water knocked him over. He struggled to his feet, sputtering. I was right. I fixed it. Wait till Grammy sees this. With the pumping station working again, the gummies and Cavan climbed back up to the top of the falls. Suddenly, two ogres slipped out of the shadows and grabbed the bears. Grammy shouted, Run, Cavan! The ogres chased the boy into the woods. Cavan quickly picked up a branch and tripped the first ogre. Cubby rolled free. Thanks, Kevin. I'll take it from here. Cubby drank his gummy berry juice and bounced down on top of the ogres, freeing Zummy and Grammy. Get going, you guys. I'll meet you on the other side of the river. Then Cubby led the ogres on a merry chase through the forest. Kevin and the gummies headed back across the rope bridge. 
Cavan looked back and saw Cubby bouncing across the bridge with the ogres right behind him. We've got to cut the ropes! Zummy cleared his throat. <clears> throat> uh, maybe I could try burning them. Oh, honestly, Zummy! Grammy scowled, but Cavan beamed. That's a great idea! I know he can do it! As the ogres thundered across the bridge, Zummy panicked. I can't do it, Cabin. I'll never get it right. Take a deep breath and relax. You know that spell. So Zummy concentrated. Flumite, flumame, numau! The ropes burst into flame. Cubby leaped into the air just as the burning ropes snapped. The bridge dropped and the ogres toppled into the swirling waters below. As Cubby came down, Kevin leaned over the cliff and caught him. Grammy slapped Zummy on the back. You did it, Zummy! You're a real wizard after all! When the travelers returned home, Gruffy was waiting for them. I guess you know you wasted your time. I fixed the water myself. Grammy shook her head. Gruffy, as usual, you don't know what you're talking about. And she left him, sputtering in the doorway. The others were exhausted from their long trip, but Zami was feeling very good about himself. Tommy noticed. Say, Zami, did you ever get the hang of that lamplighting spell? Zami smiled. With a simple wave of his hand, every candle in the main hall burst into glowing flames. The little wizard chuckled. Yes, <laughs> I suppose you could say I did. <laughs> to Disney and beyond. Now, as I mentioned before, a little bit of a Irish fun for St. Patrick's Day, I sat and I watched Darby O'Gill and the Little People. And if you watch in the opening credits, it is available on Disney Plus, by the way. Uh, but you will find that it is based off some books by Hermione Templeton Cavanaugh or H.T. Cavanaugh. Now, the uh, this is from a book. It's Darby O'Gill and the Good People from 1903. It has entered public domain due to how long ago this was written. And this is a collection of stories. And uh, I did find this all online. Uh, the contents is Darby O'Gill and the Good People, Darby O'Gill and the Leprechaun, the conversion, conversion of Father Cassidy. I, I, that might be a conversion, but it's, you know, Irish style. Uh, How the Fairies Came to Ireland, The Adventures of King Brian Connors, and The Banshee's Comb. Uh, and both of these last two, The Adventures of Brian Connors, has like three different chapters, and The Banshee's Comb has like four different chapters. Uh, I actually think now that I've found this, uh, I would like to actually maybe read some of these. I don't know if they're just, you know, fairly short stories, I guess, and they're all collected in this book. It'd be nice to actually find the book. There's a, a photo I found of uh, some of the original print, and, uh, you know, it's got that kind of woven look, you know, when they use a fabric sort of look on the cover. Uh, so very, very neat. And uh, this film, and even, I figure, the book, borrows a lot from uh, Irish folklore, uh, which... I mean, there's, there's at least three different types of things, and there's a lot of rules to leprechauns or the good folk or the little people, uh, you know. Um, 
the, the rules, we kind of get some of them as we watch the film, and we learn a little bit about Banshees. Now, Banshees have a great Irish history amongst them, and uh, if you listen to the podcast lore, he did cover this one. Now, as you get the idea from the film, and also you know, in local, uh, Irish folklore, uh, the Banshee is, of course, this wailing female spirit that wails and shrieks. Uh, basically heralding the death of a family member. And we do see that now. Some of the origins of that, uh, I I didn't really quite find online. I'm sure if I had gone a little quicker. Uh, but it, uh, it says on Wikipedia that uh, sometimes the Banshee assumes the form of some sweet singing virgin of the family who died young and has been given the mission by the invisible powers to become the harbinger of coming doom to her mortal kindred. Or she may be seen at night as a shrouded woman crouched beneath the trees, lamenting with a veiled face, or flying past in the moonlight, crying bitterly. The cry of this spirit is mournful beyond all other sounds on earth and betokens certain death to some family member or some member of the family, whenever it is heard in the silence of the night. Uh, and this tradition kind of spread around even the, through uh, Scotland, uh, probably into more places of the, the United Kingdom, but it has become, you know... I mean, there's one of the uh, X-Men, or at least Mutants in Marvel, that's Banshee, uh, which they did use in one of the films. Uh, so it's very, very, you know, creepy uh, type of thing, and I think there are some origins of like a story of where the first Banshee is supposed to come from, if I remember correctly. But uh, there's a podcast called Lore that if you like a good spooky story, there's a lot of interesting folklore uh, that gets into. There's an Amazon series based off of lore. Anyway, so you might want to go and check that out for some of the creepiness behind Banshees. Other things you're going to find, though, is this death carriage that takes you, comes to pick you up and take you away in death. Uh, some really great creepy moments. I mean, the first half is just kind of fun and games, but then it gets... Darn creepy towards the end. It's uh, almost frightening, but it's it's a fantastic adventure. It's Darby O'Gill and the Little People. And if you haven't watched it, like I said, it's on Disney+. Plus. You should definitely go and check that out. Now, I did find some interesting little bits of fact about the film. A uh, little bit about the production. Uh, also found uh, online through a, a Wikipedia article. It says, Walt Disney conceived the film during a trip to Ireland with the Irish Folklore Commission in 1947. The following year, Disney announced he would make a film titled Three Wishes based on a script from Watkin about an Irishman battling a leprechaun, which was to involve both live action and animation. However, the script was never produced. Disney took a second trip to Ireland in 1956 and announced a new film that October, The Three Wishes of Darby O'Gill, based on Kavanaugh's 1903 book, Darby O'Gill and the Good People, retaining Watkin as a writer. Disney studied Gaelic folklore for three months at the Dublin Library and received input from Sen Chai while developing the film, and during casting in London in February 1958, the film's title became Darby O'Gill and the Little People. Uh, you've got a great cast, actually, in this uh, I mean, this is what really... I mean, Sean Connery had done a few things, but this really launched him, and it was because of this that he actually became 007 later. But you've got Albert Sharp as Darby O'Gill. Uh, he was kind of the dean of Ireland. You know, he was he was a big deal, uh, Ireland. Uh, Janet Monroe as sort of a breakout performance. Uh, Janet Monroe, unfortunately, died very young at 38. Um, uh, had, like, basically a heart condition uh, that had arrived uh, that could have been, you know... A, you know, the stress could have kind of added to the condition. And from what I've uh, read up on some stuff uh, with her second husband, uh, he was he kind of drove her to drink, it seems, from some stories I was reading. So it's very, very sad. She died very young, 38. I mean, that's younger than I am now. Uh, of course, Sean Connery. You got Jimmy O'Day, Kieran Moore, uh, Estelle Winwood, who is just delightfully creepy. 
as the mother of Pony Sagru. Uh, lots of different characters. Uh, and uh, the interesting thing is, okay, so Jimmy O'Day, we, we have an actor's name, but King Brian, well, he was real uh, by from what Walt Disney himself wanted to tell you. Uh, there was even a, well, let me just get into some of this other stuff, but uh, Walt Disney actually did produce a special trying to show everybody, oh no, these were real, and there's even a dedication at the beginning of the film thanking King Brian and all of his uh, subjects for helping make this film possible. So let me, you know, there was some facts on the D23 page. Said the luck of the Irish was with Walt as he selected his cash. You know, being half Irish myself, this is a quote from Walt. Being half Irish myself, as I am, I don't know that I'm fully half Irish, but I'm Irish German myself. Anyways, but here's a Walt Disney quote: "Being half Irish myself, I learned about the leprechauns of Ireland while I was still a small boy on our farm in Marceline, Missouri." Walt says in 1959, "I began to believe in leprechauns then because some of my relatives had pretty convincing stories to tell about the magic powers of these little people and the tricks they could play." When angry. And as early as 1945, Walt was developing a leprechaun feature. In 1946, several Disney artists went to Ireland to gather background material. In December 1948, Walt himself visited Ireland in preparation for a film to be based on the Darby O'Gill stories by H.D. Cavanaugh. One of Walt's pet projects, Darby O'Gill and the Little People, evolved from an animated feature to a live-action animation combo to the all-live-action film that finally went into production in 1958 for a 1959 release. Barry Fitzgerald was Walt's first choice to play the title role of Darby O'Gill, but when the semi-retired star declined, he turned to another performer they knew would be an on-screen perfection, Albert Sharp. Acclaimed as the Dean of Irish Actors, Sharp caught Walt's eye in the Broadway musical Finian's Rainbow in 1947. I've heard of this movie. I'm thinking I should check it out, because I do really enjoy uh, the character of Darby O'Gill, and it's very well played by Albert Sharp. Uh, by the time Walt was ready to actually make the film in 1958, the veteran actor was retired and living in Ireland. But he was unable to resist Walt's invitation, coming to California to portray the wily old leprechaun expert. Uh, another bit of fun in here is this, although you're you know looking at the Irish countryside, filmed entirely in Hollywood. <laughs> but that happens, you know. And now this is this is probably some of the best use of forced perspective. Uh, forced perspective, you'll see that used in Lord of the Rings, but it was used a lot in this film, and it is so seamless that you can't even tell. But yet, you know, the camera has got it's like a single eye. If you were to close one eye, you lose depth perception. And they can use that trick to have someone that's actually in the foreground and some people in the background. But when you put them in the right spot, you know, because the people that are further back are going to appear smaller than the people who are up close to the camera, but you can make it look as if they're on the same level. Or even the person who's up close can seem further away because you tricked the eye. And it's just, it's impressive. When you watch this film, I mean, the effects and the angles, it all holds up. And you could totally believe these little people. And oh, it was such a great, uh, I mean, there's uh, there's photos on D23 showing like the production of all the people who are playing the leprechauns in this great, fantastic dancing scene. Uh, and it's one of the most elaborate sets ever created for a Hollywood film. And very large on uh, Disney Studios' legendary Stage 4. Now, this is, of course, you know King Brian's throne room. There's oversized props. There's a big sword. There's a big punch bowl. And, of course, a giant pot of gold. And uh, it, it says, in all, 649 lights were needed to illuminate the football field-sized stage. When the enormous banks of light were switched on for the first time, the city of Burbank underwent a massive power failure. 
so very, very fantastic. I mean, and just looking at the angles, and this, of course, as I mentioned before, Sean Connery, this is what kind of launched him, got him under the attention uh, for Albert R. Cubby Broccoli, who was looking for a James Bond, and this is where he made the choice. And uh, this, as I said before, Walt wanted everyone to, to believe in leprechauns, and let me just read this from D23. As a fun way to extend the film's fantasy, Walt went full bore on a campaign establishing that Darby O'Gill starred actual leprechauns. Publicity pieces were published detailing the wee folks' involvement in filming, as were photos of the small stars attending the movie's Dublin premiere. Walt went so far as to produce I Captured the King of the Leprechauns, an episode of the Walt Disney Presents Anthology TV show, in which he journeyed to Ireland to meet both Darby and King Brian. And as a finishing touch, the movie's opening credits state, My thanks to King Brian of Naknashiga and his Leprechauns, whose gracious cooperation made this picture possible, signed Walt Disney. And it's a wonderful film. Like I said, it's it's got some fun bits of fantasy and cleverness, and it gets downright spooky by the end. And I, it's, you know what? If you haven't seen it, Tuesday is a good time to watch it. Get your corned beef and uh, some cabbage out and sit and enjoy this classic Disney film. Now, uh, all these, Mr. Disney, are part of a private collection left us by Lord de Cogan. And every volume records an encounter with the little people. So if uh, I can't answer your questions, here are the books that can. Well, do the books say how big a leprechaun may be? Oh, well, um, uh... Well, could I carry one back in a shoebox? That is, if I cut air holes in the top. Well, Faith, I don't know. But here's a thing now that may give us out of estimate. Now, these were sent in by a Mrs. McQuaid of County Cork. A real leprechaun's coat? Yes, surely. And a hat? And a hat. No doubt she was a bit careless where she threw her wash water. She found the wee jacket and cabine laid out on a furze bush to dry. There you are now. The man in who wore them was just under two foot tall. You could easily carry them in your police case. My grandfather described them as knee high to a mortal. May God bless him for an honest man. I don't suppose anybody ever sent in photographs. No, but uh, we've the next best thing to it. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official lost boy or pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander. Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash NeverlandPodcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. 
Copyright content featured on the Neverland podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast, we love you.